0: Welcome to the 68th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Leonard Pitts Jr., author of the new novel, Freeman. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Leonard Pitts Jr., author of the new novel, Freeman, Pitts has been a columnist, a college professor, a radio producer, and a lecturer. He won the 2004 Pulitzer Prize for commentary. Leonard, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Sure, sure. Well, first, can I ask you to read the first three or four paragraphs of Freeman?
1: Sure, happily. Um, His first thought was of her. Outside, something heavy thudded the sky, and the old house shuddered hard as if its floorboards had been stumped upon by giants. He put his book aside and swung down from the bed where he had been resting, fully dressed. Maybe it was thunder. The skies had been leaden all day. But thunder rolls, and this was a percussive boom, such as he had heard many times on the battlefield. This was cannon fire. Then, <coughs> God, excuse me, <coughs> Then, over top the cannons, came the sound of bells, every kind of bell there was, fire bells, church bells, school bells, all pealing at the same time in a perfect confusion of joy. And all at once he felt it, hope fluttering in his chest like a butterfly in a cage. It was difficult to breathe. Lifting the old lamp from the stand by his bed, he made his way down the dark hallway, down the stairs, each step taking him deeper into pure bedlam. When he emerged onto the stoop, he found his landlady, the widow Brewster, standing up among a small knot of people, watching the crowded avenue flow by. Her face, usually so pinched with contempt for him and every other living thing, glowed with beatific light. Tears shone on her cheeks. At the sound of his approach, she turned, and to his great surprise, smiled. If he didn't know better, he'd have thought her beautiful." It's over, she said, and her voice trembled under the weight of just those two words. She said it again. It is over.
0: Great. Well, if listeners haven't heard about Freeman yet, can you describe what the novel is about?
1: Freeman is a novel about the uh, character that we just met, Sam Freeman, uh, who on the last night of the Civil War uh, makes a uh, momentous decision. He's living in Philadelphia, uh, and he's a a former slave, and he decides that he's going to go to uh, Mississippi uh, on foot, which is about 1,000 miles, uh, to, uh, to travel down there to try to find his wife, whom he has not seen in 15 years since they were both slaves together in a plantation near the Mississippi River.
0: And and how did you approach the research for Freeman? Is this something that you have been thinking about for a while, or or uh, what what was that process like for you?
1: Well, the story of what the slaves did right after the war, you know, in the, in the first months and, and years after the war, has been fascinating to me since I first uh, read about it, you know, twenty thirty years ago. Um, this whole idea of um, Sort of trying to reconstruct their families and reconstruct the relationships that have been torn apart by slavery. So in that sense, I've probably been researching it for many years. But, you know, once I decided that I wanted to write this book, there was all obviously a much more intensive period of research where I spent, you know, some some long hours at the Library of Congress, and I uh, you know, uh, traveled to Philadelphia to do some interviews and to, to map out uh, some territory because the book starts in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, essentially just a lot of time with my nose buried in, in old books and um, old newspapers and talking to people.
0: Sure. Well, was there information about post-Civil War America that you discovered during the research that you hadn't known before?
1: Just, I, I did achieve, get a sense of how fragile things really were uh, in that, you know, those first days right after the war. There's a book called uh, called April 1865, I believe the author's name is Winnick, if I recall correctly. And that book was kind of invaluable to me in, um, in doing this research, because the argument that he makes is that, you know, even though we're sort of taught that the war ended and things began to knit themselves together, there was actually a great deal of fear, particularly after... Um, after Lincoln's assassination, that the whole thing could could ignite again because the South, you know, though uh, Robert E. Lee had had um, surrendered at Appomattox Courthouse, the South was by no means, you know, pacified, or was by no means, um... you know, uh, agreeable. All, you know, all, all of them were were not by any means agreeable to the idea that the war was over and that they had lost. And as a matter of fact, it, it took it took the South, you, you could argue, many years to uh, to finally uh, accept that verdict.
0: Sure, sure. And, and, and was it safe for uh, slaves to be traveling, especially in, in the South and in, in Mississippi in, in those days right after the war?
1: No, it was not safe. It's one of the things that you know that I deal with in the book, just how right. unsettled and how unsafe uh, things were. You, you're, you're traveling among a population that has been devastated, that has been made poor, uh you know just by the privations of war and it is dealing with a certain amount of bitterness and a certain amount of resentment uh by the way that things have turned out and if you are african american and if you are a slave or a former slave well you are you know your fate was the crux of this war slavery was the crux of this war so you know the act of walking down there is uh you know uh, is not a safe thing to do by any means In for uh, for weeks after the surrender as a matter of fact there were still confederate uh, militias and, and sort of holdouts and dead enders who were still you know refused to give up their guns and were still skirmishing against uh, against union forces
0: right do you remember how you first got the idea for the novel freeman
1: the idea can probably be traced back to a, a history book that I read back in the middle 80s called uh, Been in the Storm So Long by Leon F. Litwack, uh, because this is the first book that I've read that, that sort of deals with this idea of how the slaves, again, struggle to reconstruct their families. This idea of men walking a thousand miles to find their wives or people placing advertisements or of... Um, you know traveling from county to county or 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 talking to freedmen's uh, bureau officials i mean you know you're talking about a quest that is pretty much hopeless particularly in in those days when the the records are are, are poor uh there's no you know obviously there's no computers or anything to to track people's movements and if you're if you're poor like most the african americans were you're walking about on foot And yet with those impediments, you know, people, you know, moved mountains trying to find their loved ones. They almost never did. They virtually never did. There were just a few successful reunions, but the fact that they even embarked upon it, the fact that they even tried... Just to me was a very poignant story. Spoke um, volumes about the, the determination of these of these people to to be family and to reunite and to honor what family means. And it's a story that's never really been told. It's a story that we as Americans don't really know. So I thought it would make you know, I thought it'd make great fodder for a novel.
0: Yeah, that's that's very interesting as as you said. Uh, and, and extremely poignant. Uh, you've made your living as a writer. W- when did you first know that you wanted to be a writer, and what was the process like for you from knowing that you love writing and then actually making a career out of writing?
1: Oh, I started calling myself a writer and considering myself a writer when I was five years old, uh, and started, you know, writing my childish stories. Uh, you know, at that time. Uh, I started sending things out to newspapers and magazines when I was 12. Um, I got published for the first time when I was 14. That was with a poem in a newspaper, the Los Angeles Sentinel. And then I got published and paid for the first time, which was, a, you know, really a red-letter day. And when I was uh, 18, that was in Soul Magazine, which is a uh, it's now, it's no longer published, but it was a black entertainment tabloid that was uh, really popular in the uh, 60s and 70s.
0: Great. Well, you're an essay and newspaper columnist. How does the writing process differ for you when you're writing a novel versus sitting down and writing a column?
1: Well, in a number of ways. I guess number one is that, you know, with writing a novel you have a lot more freedom and uh, reality is what you say it is as opposed to being constrained by by the facts. You have a lot more space to play around with. Um, You know, that's also good. On the downside, though, one of the problems with writing... uh, novels as opposed to writing a newspaper column is that you wait a lot longer for any feedback (laughs) you know one of the things that you one of the things that you're doing as a writer is you know waiting to see how people are going to take this that and the other with a uh, newspaper column it's a matter of a day or two to find out how you know what people think of what you've done with a novel it's a couple of years so that's you know that really is uh, is kind of difficult to deal with
0: sure Sure. And, and, and I know that you, that you wrote a column after 9-11 that, that got a lot of notoriety and, and um, a lot of people uh, talked about it and, and read it. Do you, do you remember I- any specifics about writing that column or what the, you know, what the impetus was outside of just your reaction to that day?
1: That's pretty much all the re- the the impetus was was my reaction to what happened that day. I I planned on writing something else. It was my deadline day, and and I planned on writing something else entirely uh, for that day's column. But once the um, you know I sat down at my desk and I turned on the television I see what's what's happened in uh, New York City and then what's happening in, in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, I knew that the you know the original subject there was, there was only one subject in the world that morning. The original subject that I'd plan to write a column about was gone. So I sat down and wrote uh, pretty much just straight out of my gut. Um, you know about the about September 11. Um, that column, you know, most columns, the actual physical writing process is probably about a five-hour process, five or six hours. That was a two-hour column. It was just it was just a you know, you know straight straight to the point and, and and straight from the gut. There was not a lot of fixing that had to be done with that column or a lot of editing or or whatever it it pretty much was what it was
0: right well with freeman when you when you wrote freeman did you plot the the novel before you started writing it or did you write it organically and kind of see where things went
1: more or less organically there's some high points and some things that i knew from the beginning were going to happen there are some other things that, that sort of began to take shape afterward or, or, or during the writing process, I like to leave room to sort of be surprised and to discover things along with the characters. I think that, you know, I've i tried doing it the other way and it just never really, um, it never really worked for me. So I like the idea of just sort of knowing a few things are going to happen, but leaving the rest up to, to chance, leave, you know, or up to the characters.
0: Right. Uh, well, given your success as a writer, what tips or advice would you offer for aspiring writers and people who would like to be published?
1: The first thing I tell them is to stop aspiring and start writing. Um, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of There are a lot of excuses for um for you know not writing you know people. You know, people read books about writing, and the bad—that's there's nothing inherently bad about that, except when it becomes an excuse for not writing. Or people go to writers' workshops, or you know, talking about writing and studying writing are are a whole lot easier than actually writing. And I think at some point, you know, if this is something that you feel like you are meant to do, you need to you need to buckle down, sit down, and and actually do it, as opposed to talking about doing it. Um, so you know, that's probably the the first thing that I preach is to. Uh, is to be about the business of actually writing. Studying the craft uh, is, 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 is very important. It's very fine, but there's no, there's no teacher like actually sitting down and writing. Um, that, you know, that's, that's probably the best advice I can give anybody.
0: Right. Well, we've talked about your new novel, Freeman, but what novels or nonfiction books have you been reading lately that have stood out for you that you would recommend?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh I've been <laughs> proselytizing for um Michelle Alexander's book, uh, The New Jim Crow, which I think is just um an amazing, um amazing piece of uh piece of work. It's about the um the drug trade, uh or the uh, the uh, justice system and the mass incarceration of African American men uh in the drug trade and sort of the implications of that for our society. And I think that's a uh, a very profoundly important book it's one of those books that if i could put it into everybody's hands i probably would um other than that i just uh finished uh reading actually listening to uh, iq 84 which is a very interesting novel um by um haruki murakami i'm looking at the copy or the the, the copy here and that i found um you know interesting it's basically it's just this fantasy novel but it's also sort of a meditation on the uh on the meaning of reality, I guess, for want of a better expression. Uh, so those are probably the two things that I've read most recently that I like. Oh, there was also a book called, I believe it's Americans in London, or, Citizen, or Citizens of London. It's about uh, the Americans uh, who were in London during the uh, Second World War,
0: which is also pretty fascinating. Right, right. Well, great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Leonard Pitts, Jr., the author of the new novel Freeman. Freeman is available in bookstores now. Leonard, thanks for taking the time to do this interview.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having
0: me. Sure, sure. Thanks for listening to my latest podcast. If you have a chance, please leave a review of the podcast in iTunes. It only takes a moment. Until next time, read some good books and be well. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.